Good day and welcome once again to another week of our Bible study. Hope everyone had a blessed and beautiful, wonderful week. We're going to continue on this week in the Gospel of John. We're going to be in chapter 7. And today we'll be covering verses 25 through 35. And the title of today's lesson is Division Over Who Jesus Is. So let's review from last week. Last week we saw where Jesus had gone down to Judea. And, and the question was why he went down, right? And if you remember from a couple of weeks' lessons, the Feast of Tabernacles was upon them, right? The Feast of Tabernacles is also called the Feast of Trumpets or the Festival of Trumpets. And we said that the Feast of Tabernacles or the Festival of Trumpets means dependency upon God. And this is just what Jesus is doing, right? See, he's trusting in his father. He's walking in obedience to his father. And if you remember from the last couple of weeks of, of studying the gospel of John chapter 7, we see at first that Jesus, he didn't want to go down to Judea. And the reason he didn't want to go down to Judea was because he was afraid of the religious leaders, that the religious leaders were going to kill him. Because we remember what we said in the first half of John chapter 7, although Jesus is fully man and fully God, he's going to portray himself to us as just being fully man in the first half of John chapter 7. And this is exactly what he's doing. Because you see, he's being tempted by the devil. The devil is putting things in his mind that if you go down to Judea, they're going to kill you. So he doesn't want to go down because he knows it's not his time yet, right? See, he's fully God, but he's fully man. But the human side of him fears because he knows that the religious leaders are trying to kill him. But you see, Jesus runs into an issue. He has a problem because if he doesn't go down to Judea, then he breaks the Torah. He breaks God's law. You see, Jews over the age of 20 had to attend this festival. Remember what we said, there was eight festivals in Israel. But three of those festivals, a Jewish male over the age of 20 must attend three of those festivals. And this is one of the three. It's the Festival of Tabernacles, the Feast of Tabernacles. So Jesus is caught. What do I do? I really want to stay up north in the Galilee because that's where Jesus spent a lot of his time. That's where Jesus' ministry began was Capernaum up in the Galilee. But, but he has to go down to Judea. And we find out that eventually he goes down because he's going to trust in God. He's going to follow God's word, right? And he tells us that when we run into difficulties and when we run into temptations, what we need to do, we need to trust God's word. We need to fall back on the truth of God. We need to listen to God. So the Bible told us he goes down in secret. But if you remember last week, it's midweek. Remember the first day is, is, is a holy day, right? Even though it doesn't fall on the Sabbath, they treat the first day of the festival as a Sabbath day. It's a holy day. But the remaining six days are regular days. So we see in, in, in the middle of the week, Jesus does what? Remember, he goes in secret. But in the middle of the week, Jesus is at the temple. 
He goes into the temple courts and what he what does he do? He begins to preach. He begins to teach. Now, the Bible told us last week that when Jesus begins to teach the religious leaders, the Pharisees, that's who we're talking about here, right? Because there was the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But here's the Pharisees. Man, they're just in awe. They're in amazement of what he's teaching and how's he teaching, right? Because you see, he wasn't only teaching the Torah. He wasn't only teaching the truth of God. But he was teaching the oral law. You see, the Pharisees had moved away from the Torah. They had moved away from the word of God, the truth of God, although they knew the Torah. But they abandoned the Torah, you can say. For what? For their traditions of the elders. Their man made religious rules, right? They coincided with the Torah, so to speak. But those man-made rules fit their agenda, is what it did. You see, the Pharisees were a small religious sect, sector in, in the nation of Israel. And in order to become a Pharisee, you had to attend certain schools throughout Israel where they taught the aspects of the oral law, the traditions of the elders. And as Jesus is teaching in the temple, he's teaching the oral law. He's teaching the traditions of the elders. And the Pharisees know that Jesus is not part of their group. But yet Jesus is teaching exactly what they learn in school to present to the people. Now remember, these, were, these Pharisees were supposed to be religious leaders leading Israel spiritually towards God. But we see that they're not doing that. They, they neglected the word of God. They, they neglected the truth of God and they put the, the oral law first, the traditions of the elders first. So when Jesus gets up and he's preaching this and he's teaching this, they're in amazement because they're saying, where did he, where did, who taught him this, right? Where does this man come from? Like, we, he's not part of our group. So Jesus is trying to teach them something here that we learned last week. Man, that when you don't follow the truth of God, when you don't follow and you don't listen to God, listen to his word, preach his word, follow his word, then you become blinded. You become deceived. And that's why these Pharisees didn't understand when Jesus was preaching about the kingdom of God, about the kingdom of heaven, they didn't understand because they were blinded. They were deceived because they neglected truth and followed their own traditions, followed their own oral law, followed the traditions of the elders, right? And Jesus is trying to tell them this, that, that you need to put more emphasis and you need to follow, not your own law, but you need to follow the truth. You need to follow the word of God. So what we're going to see in, in today's lesson is that we're going to see a division amongst the people, among the crowds, right? About really over who Jesus really is. And we're also going to see the Pharisees questioning once again Jesus. And, and they're saying to themselves, who really is this God, right? And we're going to see they're going to try to arrest Jesus, but it's not going to happen. 
Because God the Father is going to protect Jesus because it's not Jesus' time yet to die or to be arrested, right? So open up your Bibles to John chapter 7. And we're going to begin in verse 25. And once again, we'll be covering verses 25 through 35. Starting off in verse 25, it says this. At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask, Isn't this the man that they are trying to kill? But you hear... Here he is, they say, speaking publicly, and they're not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Messiah? But we know where this man is from. And when the Messiah comes, no one will know where he is from. Then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, Yes, you know me. And you know where I am from. I am not here on my own authority. But he who sent me is true. You do not know him. But I know him. Because I am from him and he has sent me. And they tried to seize him. But no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. Still, many in the crowds believed in him, and they said, When the Messiah comes, will he perform more signs than this man? And the Pharisees heard the crowds whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him. And Jesus said, I am with you for only a short time, and then I am going to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we cannot find him? Will he go where other people live scattered among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? So let's go back up to verse 25. And verse 25 starts off and it says, at that point. Now, what does this mean at that point? Remember, Jesus is teaching, right? And, and the religious leaders from last week, they're all in amazement. And Jesus is trying to, to teach him something here that you need to follow the truth of God. That when you don't follow the truth of God, you, you will be deceived, you will be misled, you will be blinded. So as Jesus is teaching, that's what they're saying at that point, right? At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask themselves, isn't this the man that they're trying to kill, right? So we see these people are, are, are listening to Jesus here, and they know that the religious leaders are trying to arrest Jesus. I mean, you've seen that from day one. Right. And if you remember from last week, Jesus calls them out on this. Jesus looks at the Pharisees and he says, you're trying to kill me. And, and the Pharisees, what they did, they denied it. They say, who's trying to kill you? Right. You must have a demon in you. If you remember from last week. And this is what they're accusing him of. See, they're accusing Jesus of being disobedient to the father. They're accusing Jesus of being disobedient to the Torah. But you see, it was them who was being disobedient to God. It was them who was being disobedient because they weren't teaching the truth of God. They were misleading the people of the nation of Israel because they were, they were teaching their man-made traditions, their man-made 
rules, the oral law. But you see, the people who had been in Jerusalem, who had been following Jesus, right? They know better because they know that these religious leaders are trying to have Jesus arrested. They're trying to, to entrap Jesus to eventually have him killed. You know, actually, if you remember earlier in chapter 7, we learn and we see where these people, the crowds, in other words, right? They had gone up to Jerusalem and, and, and they know about Jesus because they've been following Jesus. They witnessed what Jesus was doing, right? And, and they were talking softly amongst themselves. Why they were talking softly amongst themselves about Jesus in a positive way? Because they were fear of the leadership. They're afraid of the leadership. Because they knew that these, these Pharisees, the religious leaders, they wanted to capture him. They wanted to put him to death. And this is exactly what they're seeing now. So Jesus is teaching and Jesus is preaching, right? And, and, and they say, well, why is not these religious leaders, the, the Pharisees, they're, they're trying to kill him. But yet Jesus is up there in the temple courts and Jesus is preaching and Jesus is teaching. Well, how come they're not doing anything about it? Look at verse 26. Look what they say. Here he is speaking about Jesus. He's speaking publicly. So Jesus is out in the open in the temple court speaking. Now, if you remember, Jesus went in secret, but now he's out in the open. And these, these people are witnessing this. They're seeing this and they're saying, we know the religious leaders want to arrest him. We know they're trying to put him to death, but yet here Jesus is and they're not doing a thing about it. Look what they say. And they say they are not saying a word to him, meaning the religious leaders. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Messiah? So here he is speaking publicly, right? Jesus is speaking out in public. And everyone, right? Everyone who is in tune to the Spirit, we can say. In other words, anyone that is obedient to God. Then what happens? In our case, through the Holy Spirit, things are revealed to us, right? And when this happens in our lives, there's a peace, there's a calmness to us, right? You see, what I'm getting at is this, is Jesus is speaking in public, but at first he didn't want to go because he was afraid of the religious leaders. But yet here he is speaking publicly, they say. Why? Because you see, it's a message to us that Jesus is trying to teach us right here. That when we are in tune to God's word, when we listen to the voice and the word of God, and we do that through the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus just did it to himself, through himself, through God, because the spirit has not yet come with Jesus, because he has not yet died and resurrected, amen? But he's teaching us here that when we rely upon God, and for us, it's through Him, through the Holy Spirit, right? That we get to God, that we reach God. Then there's a peace that comes upon us. There's a calmness that comes upon us. In other words, there's no need to fear. There's, there's no need to be afraid of things in this world. Because when we close with God and we walk in obedience to God like Jesus is here, then God will protect us. God, through his son Jesus, will dispatch angels, right? And protect us from the evilness of this world. Protect us from the negativity of this world. 
And why am I saying this? Because this is exactly what Jesus did. Because here he's speaking out in public. He's no longer fearing those religious leaders. You see, and the people say this. The people see this. And they say, here he is speaking in public now, right? And we know that they're trying to kill him. We know that the authorities are after him trying to get arrested. So the, these people are puzzled, so to speak. Why aren't the religious leaders doing anything to arrest them? Because we know they, they've been trying to arrest them. They've been trying to entrap them. But yet here he is in public and they're not doing anything about it. Look what they say. They have the authorities really concluded that he is the Messiah. So because Jesus is speaking truth here, right? Because you can tell that he's walking in obedience to the Father. The people knew this. They see this. They know the religious leaders wanted them to put him to death. But now, they're not doing anything about it. They know that, that Jesus is present right in front of them. But yet, the religious leaders are in the crowds with them. But yet, they're not doing anything to Jesus. And they're saying, well, maybe, really, they might understand that he is the Messiah. You see, it tells us here that most of the crowds that followed Jesus at this point believed in him as the Messiah. But they're confused, you see, because they're saying maybe now the religious leaders believe this because they're just not doing anything to harm Jesus. They're not doing anything to arrest Jesus. So maybe they think that he is the Messiah. But look what they say in verse 27. But we know where this man is from. Now, they know Jesus, that Jesus comes from what? Mary and Joseph, right? In other words, Joseph, his earthly father, was a carpenter, right? From Nazareth. We know where he's from. But look what else they say. When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he is from. Now, there's a problem with this, you see. Because this is what the people in Israel had been taught by the religious leaders. And it's still being taught today, right, about the Messiah. You see, if you ask an Orthodox rabbi today, if you ask them when and where will Messiah appear, they're going to say that he comes out the heavens. They will tell you that. But they're going to say he just will appear. We don't know really his origin, right? He, he just is going to appear. He's going to manifest himself. Well, there's a problem with that, right? Because that's not what the scriptures tells us. That's not what the Old Testament prophets tell us. So it's wrong, right? We, we, we're going to see that the word of God concerning the Old Testament is what I'm talking about, right? The Torah, the first five books of our Bible. The Old Testament prophets, they're going to confirm where Jesus comes from, right? You see, they had turned away from the truth. They had turned away from the word of God. They had turned away from the scriptures and they embraced the traditions of the elders. So this is another evidence right here. It's another evidence that, that they weren't following the truth of God because these people say, man, he, he does signs and wonders like the Messiah. But yet, we know where this man's from. 
But when the Messiah appears, we all know where he's from, but that's not true. You see, the Pharisees were teaching this throughout the nation of Israel. Now, remember, the Pharisees are supposed to be leading the nation of Israel spiritually towards God, towards the truth. But right now, they're not doing that, right? See, the message is for us that we need to spend more time in the Word of God, right? That, that we need to be reading the Word of God. We need to be reading the truth of God, following the truth of God, following the Bible. Because the Bible is the truth. Now, the question I have for you is, what about you? Right? I mean, do you give or do you put more emphasis or spend more time on religious matters and you neglect the truth? Or does the truth come first in your life? Then religious matters, you see? Because if you put more emphasis on religious matters than the Word of God, than the truth of God, than what the Bible tells us, then you just like these Pharisees, right? Now, if you go back to verse 27, we know where Messiah comes from, right? The Old Testament prophets, they, they tell us this, right? Look up Micah 5, 2, it tells us, right? Look up Numbers 24, Verses 17 through 19, it tells us. Look up Psalms chapter 60, verse 7, right? And you can go on and on and on in the Old Testament because it's one passage after another that describes, I mean, just Google it yourself if, if you don't believe me. Google Old Testament prophets speaking about the coming of Messiah. And it tells you. So of a hundred of them in the Old Testament that points to Jesus, right? What's well, old and new, but in the Old Testament, it's over 60, 70 that points to the Messiah. So them saying that we don't know where he comes from tells you right here that they're neglecting truth, that they're not following the word of God. They're not following the Bible. They're not following the Torah and the old, the old prophets, what the Old Testament prophets said. Verse 28, then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, yes, you know me, and you know where I am from. I am not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. But you do not know him, right? So he's letting them know here once again that he is under the authority of God, his Father. In other words, he's saying, this is where I come from, right? He's the one who sent me. He's telling them, I am the son of God. He's telling them once again that I am the bread of life, that I am the Messiah, right? But look what he also tells them. He says, you don't know me. And if you don't know me, you surely don't know the father. You don't know God, right? Now, here's the principle that we need to understand here, right? He is saying in order to know me, in order to understand God, you have to know me. You have to know the truth. You have to believe in the truth. You have to be obedient to the truth. See, if you know biblical truth concerning God the Father, then you know or you will be able to, to know who Jesus is. You be, you, you're going to be able to discern who the Messiah is. That's what he's trying to say. And through me, you really know the Father. See, and he tells us this again in John 
14, 6, Jesus says, right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the only way to the Father is through me. So you can't know God without knowing Jesus. And this is the problem with the religious leaders here. This is the problem because they're misleading people. They're misleading the nation of Israel into not knowing that Jesus really is the Son of God, that, he's not, that they think he's not the Messiah. And because of that, they will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. See, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you don't repent of your sins, then you, you, you too, you won't enter into the kingdom of heaven. Because God says the only way you can get to me is through my son. And Jesus tells us that in John 14, 6, right? That I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one goes to the Father but through me. Verse 29. But I know him, Jesus says, because I am from him and he sent me. So once again, he's making a connection between himself and his father. Once again, he's telling them, I am the son of God. I am your awaited Messiah who you've been waiting on. It's me. He sent me. Verse 30. At this, they tried to seize him, right? But no one laid a hand on him because it, his hour had not yet come. So some of them understood what he meant when he's saying this, right? Because I know him and he knows me because he sent me. See, they putting together that he's connecting. He is God. And that's blasphemy according to their man-made laws, according to their rules, right? They didn't see it. So what happens, right? See, Jesus is speaking about his divinity here and they get it. Some of them understand what he's saying. So what happens? They try to arrest him. They try to seize him, the Bible tells us, right? They try to capture him. But look what happens. But the Bible tells us here, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. So you see, it wasn't yet his time. So because it wasn't yet his time, what God the Father does, he protects him. He will not allow it, right? See, when we turn over everything we have, right? To God the Father through His Son Jesus Christ. Man, and we walk in obedience to that. And we say, Father, I'm going to do your will today. Not your will. You see, we should wake up every day praying. We should wake up every day asking God the Father, how do you want to use me today for your kingdom? Because there's a, there's a, there's a reason He woke you up today. And, and that reason is not to do your own thing. It's not to fulfill your own goals, but it's to fulfill what the Father wants you to fulfill for his kingdom. See, and until you get that, then you're not really in the spirit. You're in the flesh. You might go to church and you might pray, but when, until you're willing to commit yourself to Christ, believe, right? The Bible says believe in him, but believe means commitment. It means committing your whole self to him and his kingdom. Right? The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, right? That, that's two different places. I want you all to understand that. A lot of people say, you know, when we die, we're going to live in the, the, and I'm saved, right? I'm born again, that I'm going to be in the kingdom of heaven forever. No, you won't. You're going to be in the kingdom of heaven until that new Jerusalem comes down and a new, a, a new earth is formed by Jesus Christ. Then now you're going to live in the kingdom of God forever. Amen. So there's a difference. 
right? See, just like people that's evil, people that doesn't accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. When they die, they go to a place called hell right now. But that won't stay because after the great white throne judgment, you know what Jesus does? He condemns and he puts everybody in the lake of fire, in the lake of sulfur. And they're going to stay eternity in the lake of fire. Well, we as believers, when we die right now, we might go to heaven, yeah. If we saved, if, if we believe in Jesus, if we trust in Jesus, right? If we confess with our mouths, right, that Jesus is Lord of Lord and King of Kings, right? And, and you repent of sins and, and you, you accept him as your Lord and Savior and you go to heaven. But when, when the new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven, all things are created new, right? It's transformed. This earth is transformed. How God intended it to be at the very beginning in the Garden of Eden then that becomes the kingdom of God. And that's where we're going to spend eternity is in the kingdom of God. So know the difference, people. Amen. So we see here that going back to verse 30 is that they're trying to seize him, right? But no one lays a hand on him because it's not yet his time to come. And the message I'm trying to get you to understand is that when you walk in obedience to the Father, there's no need to fear. There's no need to be stressed out. There's no need to be worried. There's no need to have anxiety, right? Because God the Father, through His Son Jesus, will guide you, will lead you, right? Sometimes He has to carry you. Sometimes He has to drag you through those difficult times when you're way down deep in the valley. I understand that. But there still should be a peace upon you. There should be a joy within you knowing that I'm staying true to the Father. I'm being faithful to the Father. Through his son, Jesus. And that, that difficult time that I'm going through right now, there's no need for me to fear, right? Although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what I will what? Fear no evil. There's no need to fear because Jesus is with you, amen? He will lead you beside still and quiet waters, the Bible tells us, amen? So, so there's no need to fear because God has you. God has a hedge of protection around you. God's dispatch, dispatching angels right now to over you and your family to protect you when you walk in obedience to him, when you trust and when you believe in him, when you're willing to do his father's will. Verse 31. Still many in the crowd believed in him, it says right here. So we see that many, many people in the crowds, right? They believe that he's the Messiah. They do believe in him, it says right here. But they said when the Messiah comes, will he perform more signs than this man? So you can tell that they really truly believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And they were correct because of what they say here. They say, man, all the miracles, all the things that Jesus did, the signs and wonders that he's did up to this point. There's no way no one can come behind him and do more than what he has done. That's what they're saying here. Right? They say when the Messiah comes, will he perform more signs than this man? So they're, they're, they're in awe. They're in amazement because they know and they see the anointing upon Jesus. They, they, there's something special. There's something unique about Jesus here. And they're saying there's no possible way with all this man has done that the ne if he's not the Messiah, that, then it's, it's almost impossible to believe that anybody after him would come and do what this man's doing. Verse 32. 
the, the Pharisees heard this. They heard the crowds whispering such things about him, him meaning Jesus. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent for temple guards to arrest him. So the religious leaders hear the murmuring, right? They hear the people talking, saying these things about Jesus, that they really believe that he is the Messiah. Now this goes against their, what they believe, right? So because it goes against what they believe, remember, the Pharisees were all about control. They're all about power, right? They knew that a kingdom was to come, but that kingdom that Jesus was speaking of, right? They didn't want no part of that kingdom because Jesus was speaking, speaking about a spiritual kingdom. And these Pharisees knew that they wouldn't have no control. They wouldn't have no power in Jesus's kingdom that he's speaking of. And Jesus is speaking about the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, which is to come. So when they hear all these people whispering that he has to be the Messiah, right? All the signs and wonders he does, he has to be. Look what they do. They tell the chief priests and they send temple guards and they go try to arrest Jesus. So we see that they sent word to the military officers and they say, come, right? And we want you to arrest this man, meaning Jesus. So we see what they wanted to do. And what they wanted to do is what they had been trying to do was arrest them so they can put them to death. So they can still remain in control where they can still remain in power. Verse 33. And Jesus said, I am with you for only a short time. And then I am going to the one who sent me. So Jesus here is letting them know what's fixing to happen. Right? Jesus right here is telling them about his death, burial, and resurrection that's fixing to come. But they didn't understand this, right? Because look, verse 34, he says, you will look for me. This is Jesus. But he says, you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. Now, these are very, very unique words, right? He's letting them know right here. I'm only going to be with you for a little while longer. That's what he's saying right here, right? Then I'm going to a place that you can't come, right? Now, these officials heard this, and they knew how Jesus was speaking. They knew because of the signs and wonders he had performed that there was something very unique going on with Jesus, right? See, they understood something different about the identity of Messiah, Yeshua, right? And that he was someone who was sent by God. They really believed this. And that he was sent by God for a purpose, but they denied him as being the Messiah. But they know that Jesus has a special anointing on him right here, right? By God the Father. They know it, but they don't like it. Be, because it, it doesn't fit their narrative. It doesn't fit what they believe. It doesn't fit what they had been teaching the nation of Israel. Verse 35, last verse for today. Look what they say. The Jews said to one another, where does this man intend to go that we cannot find him? So we see that they're wondering, right, what Jesus means by this statement, right? I'm going away and where I go, you can't come. See, Jesus was speaking about going back to heaven. 
Jesus was speaking about going back to his father. And we know that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the father today. Amen. Hallelujah. Right. But they don't they don't get this because they're 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 neglecting the truth. They neglected what the old prophets were teaching about the Messiah. They see the signs and wonders, but yet they know the Torah. They know the old prophets, but they neglect that because they've been putting more emphasis and teaching to the people, the oral law, the traditions of the elders. So they're wondering right here, what does Jesus mean with this statement? Now, if they had been following the truth, they would know what he means by this statement. They would see that he is the Messiah. But they don't. They're blinded. They've been misled. They've been deceived. Right? And when you don't follow the word of God, when you don't follow the truth of God, when you put religious matters over the truth, then you are misled. Then you are deceived. That's the message that Jesus is trying to teach us here. Right? You see, Jesus was talking about returning back with his heavenly father. He was going to go back into heaven where he first started. See, there was never a time that Jesus didn't exist, right? Go back to the book of Genesis. The spirit hovered over the deep, it said, right? Jesus was present. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's three and one and one and three. But you see, because of these religious leaders, man, they followed their own law. They followed their own traditions, the traditions of the elders. And they neglected the truth of God. They neglected the, the word of God. They could not perceive the truth. They didn't understand really what Jesus was talking about when he was talking about the kingdom of God, right? You see, those who are really interested in the kingdom, you're going to be committed to the truth. In other words, you're going to be committed to the scriptures. In other words, you're going to put the Bible first over religious matters. And when you are committed to the truth, right? When you are committed to the word of God, when you are committed to the scriptures, then you will be able to understand kingdom truth. But if not, then you're going to be just like these religious leaders. You're going to be just like these Pharisees and you're going to miss out on the things from God. Just like they did. They totally missed out on what he was saying because they had been deceived. They were misled because they neglected truth. They neglected the scriptures. They neglected the word of God. And you see some of us that, that have been in tune, and again, and I have nothing against religion, people, I don't. But this is what I do have an issue with. When you put religion over the truth of God, over the word of God. Because that's defying God the Father through his son Jesus Christ. I mean, that's what the scriptures are teaching us. That's what Je that's not me teaching this. That's Jesus. You know, last week we spoke about being convicted, right? And if some of you right now are convicted by what I'm saying, most of you are just going to turn me off and never listen again. But if you are convicted by what I'm saying, then that's the Holy Spirit trying to help you and trying to save you. Saying that you need to rely on the word of God more. You need to rely on the truth of God and put that first place in your life. Then you deal with your religious matters after. 
Amen? Look what he says. Where he go, will he go where, uh, where our people live scattered among the Greeks, they say? And will he teach the Greeks? So the last half, the last half of that text tells us, right? Is he going among the Greeks? Among our people, right? To teach them? To teach the Greeks? See, Greeks here, this means the Jewish people that were in exile. That's what it means by this statement. So what they're saying is this. Perhaps he's leaving us, right? And he's going to speak to the Jews who are in exile. Now, Messiah has a purpose. I want you to understand that. You see, one of the things prophetically, right, that Messiah will do is that he's going to gather up the exiles. He will in the end times, right? So they're thinking this in their mind, right? That his time with them is coming to an end. That he's leaving them and that he's going teach and he's going preach to the Jews that are in exile. But we know once again that they're deceived with this because this is not, right, what Jesus was speaking of, right? Jesus is saying, I'm leaving you because I'm that sacrificial lamb, right? I'm leaving you and I'm going back to my Father who sent me in heaven. I'm going back to Him. And the message is for us is that we need to concentrate and rely on Jesus as our Savior. We need to concentrate and rely on the Word of God, on the truth. Because you see, Jesus is the truth. And Jesus says, I am the way. I am the only way to the Father. It's through me. And Jesus is trying to tell us today that you need to be more committed to the truth. You need to be more committed to him, but not only to him, but you need to be more committed to his word. You need to be more committed to the scriptures. You need to be more committed and you need to follow. You need to start implementing the word of God, the truth, the scriptures into your daily walk in life so you can expand the kingdom of heaven, which will eventually become the kingdom of God. Amen. And that ends our lesson for today. We really enjoyed you tuning in and listening. Please share this podcast with other people, family, friends, people maybe you need that, you know, you know that needs maybe to hear it. Maybe that's really not in tune to the word of God. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Until next week, God bless. We love you guys.